Welcome back to Conscious Founders. Today we're going to talk about the human biological system as a programmable machine. One of the things that's important for uh, programming is to be able to speak the language or write the language in order to give commands to the machine or the computer. And so today's uh, discussion is really about what the appropriate syntax is, what the appropriate uh, words and vocabulary and structure and language are to modify our um, program. Hopefully this is helpful. I've found the vocabulary in my studies to be super important for understanding um, any new system. Uh, I studied a lot of biology and one of the first things I would do when I was trying to understand a new uh, subject in biology is I would underline all the terms and create my own index. So I've done the same here. Um, it's a really helpful tool. I will post this index of terms onto the website, consciousfounders.org. Also, I will link to relevant um, web articles and uh, Wikipedia pages, which are community edited and very helpful for understanding some of the cutting edge um, new emerging concepts and vocabulary. Okay, diving in, uh, I'm going to... Uh, tell you a little bit about how using natural language terms and symbols we can modify our cognitive processes. I find it helpful to look at the system in terms of the environment, the being that's in the environment, the program that is running within that being, and the inputs and outputs. So five things, the environment, the being that's in the environment, the program or consciousness, and inputs, meaning things that are coming into the uh, being's awareness, and outputs, things that the being is putting out into the environment. With that framework in mind, here we go. I'm going to dive into the first category, the environment. We'll start with the concept of computer-assisted reality. Now, this is an evolving term. Um, with The semantics are still being worked out here. Um, one, uh, one term that has been uh, proposed, and I hear at different meetings, I am hearing all kinds of new terminology uh, thrown out there to describe uh, these computer-assisted spatial uh, environments. Um, one is called XR, X being the fill-in-the-blank reality. So X can be replaced with virtual or augmented or mixed or whatever you'd like to put in front of the word reality. The most common and um, most heard term is probably virtual reality. And I like to define virtual reality as an immersive environment that's primarily closed off to existing stimuli in the normal or everyday world. So it's a, a closed visual system with no external visuals and often no external um, sound or sonic devices. 
uh, available from the uh, quote normal world. <laughs> okay. Um, next up, we've got augmented reality. So augmented reality is like virtual reality, but it's actually a combination of what you would see in the real world and what is modified or inserted by a computer or a program. And um, that is a really fascinating and uh, honestly, I, I believe that that's the direction most virtual reality is headed in where we'll be able to filter um, what levels of the quote real world we want to participate in from a visual and auditory, even a tactile uh, perspective. So it, in a lot of cases, um, augmented reality doesn't even require a headset. For example, it's currently available in uh, many mobile phones and can be applied with any kind of live um, video feed. You hold up your camera, you're running a piece of software, and all of a sudden right in front of you is a three-dimensional avatar uh, in your living room uh, as you're looking through your phone. So that's uh, one example of uh, augmented reality. A couple um, other really useful terms that many of you are probably familiar with if you're technical. If you're not uh, so technical or computer software land um, oriented like me, then these terms might be helpful if you're getting into this industry. Okay, first is a user interface. So a user interface is what it sounds like. Uh, it's how we humans or other machines or other machines operated by humans can interface and give commands to a computer system. For um, uh, virtual reality, the user interface can be a voice or it could be your hands or sensor pads or motion track controllers or joystick etc. The virtual reality user interface is so brand new and there's so much uh, innovation and evolution happening in the virtual reality world that it's going to be so exciting to see some of the dominant uh, user interfaces um, evolve. I remember uh, reading a book a long time ago called The Mouse Tales where this company was um, building some of the first drivers, which are um, programs that help uh, interface different hardware peripherals with computers. And uh, you know, the mouse was really brand new, and um, so was the, uh, the cursor and the keyboard. Um, a lot before that time, um, before the mouse, actually, a lot of stuff was uh, driven by um, by key commands on the keyboard, and then the mouse came along, and the whole visual interface and user interface design sort of exploded with with the graphical user interface. Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit. Um, I would like to now introduce the term user interface design. So that's how a software programmer or designer will um, enable the user to move around within the context of their software. So how does one, for example, um, grab a piece of text or or hold on to a ball or an object or um, interface with other objects within the environment of virtual reality or in a two-dimensional computer screen? 
Um, now, user experience design is slightly different. That is um, related to user interface design, but it's more about walking through different use case scenarios of how a user might navigate down a particular path to accomplish a specific goal or set of goals or for the um, designer of the experience to enable the user to achieve a particular um, experience or outcome. Okay, uh, I have the word avatar in here because it's really important. Um, an avatar is a computer-generated representation of self. Uh, often an avatar in um, today's computing platforms is two-dimensional and in the virtual environment we can create an avatar to be three-dimensional which is really exciting because all of a sudden we get to expand our creative expression of self and be whatever we want to be in the virtual world. Um, okay, the next word up is constraints, and uh, constraints I define as a set of implied or realistic limits of a system, and in virtual reality, these can be visual or physical. Um, they're often placed to keep a user in a familiar enough space that they have a functional experience. For example, if there were no constraints, then um, the system really wouldn't be uh, existent. It would just be space. <laughs> so um, constraining a player to an area so that they don't walk into walls or chairs while they're physically moving around in the virtual environment, um, that can be really helpful so you're not busting into windows and uh, knocking things over on your real-world table while you're in a closed virtual environment. Um, they can Constraints can also be um, considered what the user can or can't do within the program, within the software, for example, with sound, interaction, and, and other software-implied realities. Next up is scale. Um, so in virtual reality, you can modify scale so you are 100 feet tall or 2 inches tall uh, relative to your environment. So there's several um, different scales. One really common and useful term for scale is room scale, and that is uh, what you would expect to find in the real world uh, when you put on your virtual reality uh, headset or whatever device you're you're interfacing with the virtual reality, you can expect things to operate in a normal way in room scale. So the chair will be the same scale as a chair in your real world environment, a table, etc., a banana, an apple. Um, hmm, what else are you hungry for? So in uh, physics, in VR is... Um, how things operate with relationship to gravity primarily. And so you have things like force vectors and uh, particles and um, uh, spirals. You can, you can have, for example, a spiraling black hole in virtual reality where uh, you are holding an object, you let go, and the object gets sucked into the spiraling black hole. Or you might uh, throw something expecting it to drop to the ground because that's the direction gravity normally follows and thing might go straight up to the sky because gravity has been reversed. So 
that's uh, considered physics. It's how objects move in the virtual environment and um, can be modified by direction and speed and vector and weights. Um, it's really fun to play with physics. Also sometimes can be um, quite challenging for a user who is anticipating uh, things to operate as they would in their um, conditioned real world experience and then uh, they are thrown a loop with uh, something that is non-expected. So the novelty can be fun or totally disorienting. Okay, next up I'm going to talk about um, some of the concepts for hardware. We've got mobile, which I consider anything that someone can take with them, and more colloquially, um, devices that people often have with them, such as their phone or their watch. Now, today, most virtual reality headsets are not super mobile. Uh, you don't really see people walking down the street with big um, Oculus Rifts or HTC Vives on their head, unless maybe you are in a super geeky part of San Francisco or Silicon Valley, or maybe Seattle. Um, and then you have a wearable, so anything like an earring or a watch or a jewelry, anything that something someone wears, but also collects data and or sends that data to a computing device or to the cloud where it can be uh, stored and then analyzed or real-time analyzed. Um, I have on here glasses as well. Now, glasses are a general term we think of as like eyeglasses or reading glasses or sunglasses. Um, eventually, we might include the term contacts and eventually maybe even just, uh, you know, visual cortex inputs where we have a chip in the head and uh, the glasses are no longer needed. Uh um, one other concept is a peripheral. Now, this is a general term. I consider peripheral any additional computer hardware device that can be interfaced with a primary computing device, uh, human or both. For example, uh, many biosensors are collecting data and feeding it into other computers. Alrighty, that wraps up our section on environment. Stay tuned at ConsciousFounders.org. There will be two other episodes, one covering the being and the program, and another covering the programming language, along with inputs and outputs. And as always, take care, stay healthy, check out ConsciousFounders.org. Spread the word. If you like this podcast, tell your friends. And talk to you soon.